And we're back. I'm Robin Birch. And I'm Stephanie Smith, and you're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin Steph. Listeners, I have grave news to report. It has come to light that every person who has watched the season three finale is now in the process of becoming a zombie. I, I can't stress this enough. This is real. This is not a joke. Your future may depend on what you do next. Since this is a fan podcast for the CW show iZombie, you are most likely turning into a zombie as you listen to this. The first sign you have turned into a zombie will be a craving for human brains and also the season four premiere. Color will drain from your skin. Your hair will turn white because, holy crap, what a shocking finale. And if you're one of those people that is listening before watching the finale, A, what is wrong with you? And B, zombies are still your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones. And they are simply recovering from an amazing game changer of a finale. Those who have contracted the iZombie Season 3 finale virus, don't worry. The podcast is on the way. Until then, everyone, please stay calm. Uh-huh. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing after that finale, Steph? Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We have so much to discuss. Crazy. And we're, we're also joined by uh, two special guests to help us recap the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Anisha Chima, who plays Patrice Gold. We know her last name's Gold now. And <laughs> Ava Fry, who plays Tatum Weckler. Welcome back. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I'm so glad to talk to y'all. I can't wait to talk about that huge scene. <laughs> but Robin won't let us talk out of – we have to go in order. So. Well, yeah, yeah okay. you know, I, I like to try to talk about the, the you know, the scenes in order to recap. But I, I did want to make sure to kind of ask you guys, like, like um, you know, can you tell the fans anything, like, about how much fun you had filming the episodes? I mean, now you can talk about even the finale. Um, oh, no. I mean – Everyone on set is, they're always enthusiastic, but I mean, uh, when we were filming it, it was, we were all aware that we won't see each other for a while, and I mean, I don't know about you, Anisha, but I felt some pressure since I knew, like, that the audience expectations were very high since, like, the buildup of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, filming that last episode was so fun, so, so fun, um, as you saw, we did like we there was a there was a couple sort of like fight stunts that were done. Mm-hmm. So we got to meet um, Ernest, who is the stunt trainer, and he was really really great to to work with. Uh, super super fun, and yeah, no, it was just a great time. Um, what was I saying? Oh yes, yeah, so that was the first time I ever got to like see stunts being done up close and maybe do some of my own stunts. So it was really cool and really exciting. I, mean, I bet it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we practiced on and off for like a week, and like Anisha said, we had an amazing stunt coordinator, and he was sort of like our trainer, I guess you could say, and his name is Ernest, and um, we did a kind of a complicated stunt scene, and I mean, I like to compare it to sort of like a dance number, hmm. and the reason I do is because it, everything has to be choreographed to match the cameras and the lighting, and it's hard to make sure you hit your marks in the action scene, but you know, luckily Rose and Anisha were great dance partners. <laughs> wow. Did you guys have uh, stunt doubles? Yeah, 
We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you're, uh, yeah, they were awesome. I have some pictures. I mean, if you want to see them. I'd, I'd be happy to, yeah. If you want to post yeah. any in the group, we'd love to see them. Or uh, I can put them on Twitter. Or actually, you can put them on Twitter. You guys are on Twitter. Speaking of the handle, at the Ava Bry. Yeah. Same self-promo. And Nisha, was that CG, your eyes, that effect? Was that CG? Or how much was makeup? Uh, it was all CGI'd. How cool, right? Wow. It looked great. It was amazing. Yeah, I asked them. I was like, so if I'm going into, like, full Ranger Zombie, are you guys going to do any makeup? And they're like, no, no. We're just going to CGI it and post. And I was like, no. What? <laughs> they have some amazing, amazing editors who work for them because, like, who work for who work for iZombie and work for the production. Uh, because, yeah, the whole thing was, was CGI'd, which was perfect. We have amazing um, makeup artists as well. I mean, if you saw when the mercenaries came to pick us up, that mm-hmm. makeup uh-huh. was definitely all, oh yeah. my gosh. Names that Amber, 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 yeah, Amber Trudeau. And Christina, they were like amazing artists. And I mean, it was so cool because they actually, they went through the steps. So I learned a lot about, you know, special effects makeup. And they're like, okay, now we're going to take the red color <laughs> and the blue color. And then we're going to mix them to make a bruise. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> And um, I'm pretty sure Amber just won a, a Leo for her um, for her makeup. She yes, actually she right. an eye zombie palette as well, which is super cool. And you guys should all check it's out. It's a lot Sephora, so I mean, if you want to, yeah, have some yeah, exactly. So yeah, everyone everyone on the eye zombie team is super talented, and it was honestly it was such an honor to work with them all. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, of course, I mean, here's the thing, like, the flavor of the production, it always starts and ends with the director, and I mean, I was so lucky to have worked with Dan Etheridge, it was my first Dan time, is so it, could, it could not have been a better experience, I mean, I hope he felt the same way about me, but, like, a lot of people are involved, and like, we're sort of all thrown in this mixing pot called set, and hopefully we bake a beautiful cake when it comes out. And, you know, our fans, they're like the ones that are telling us if the cake is good, if it's bad, or if it's okay. And, by the way, the baking does not stop when I leave set. Uh, I bake real cakes at home, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you got to get Steph talking about the Great British Bake Off if you well, keep talking uh, about you it. You watched that too? I thought Love I was it. the only one. <laughs> no, so many people watch it. <laughs> Now, I, I actually had a couple of notes as I take a quick uh, detour away from baking. Uh, uh, one thing I had to say was uh, that, uh, Anisha, you are uh, – it seems like your scariest moments in the show are seeing you through a window. <laughs> because when we first see you, it's like, who's that creepy girl in the window? Why does she keep looking? And then, of course, in this episode as well. I'm never not shady. <laughs> I, love being, I love being sort of sneaky and shady and people never know what to expect from Patrice. Mm-hmm. And and the other note I had about that scene, I mean, besides what we're going to talk about in the recap, was that uh, <laughs> you two are very lucky. You are alive. Well, you're, you're also dead because you're zombies, but you're alive. <laughs> in the first season, uh, Liv took on a zombie in her kitchen and that dude is very dead. <laughs> not alive at all yeah so yeah he's very he's very beyond the point of undead when i saw you guys struggling and then the 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 kitchen utensils started coming out i was i was on the edge of my seat because i was like oh my gosh they're gonna kill these two off oh no it took a lot of work i mean i remember anisha she was like such a pro because she played Uh she was just like Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was just struggling. I was like, oh, no. 
Yeah, no, it was super, it was super fun. I was nervous reading it. <laughs> when I read oh my gosh, yeah, and they told us about the, the stunt scene a couple episodes before, and I, we were, I, re- I remember that day so well, because me and Anisha, we were freaking out. We were like, yes, this is so awesome! Oh, yeah, Dan introduced himself to us when we were filming the second, Ava's third, but my second episode, um, like part one, and he was like, oh yeah, you guys are going to have stunts next episode. Are you cool with that? And Ava and I were so, so excited. We're like, yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, yes, please. Yeah. And yeah. Dan is very cool. We've had, we've had Dan Etheridge on the podcast before and he's, he's, he's awesome. He's awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, by far one of the best directors I have worked with. Like, so I'm so privileged to have worked with him. He, I mean, he just gives direction. Like that's so good. And like, <laughs> I can't say enough good things about him. Like, <laughs> man, if there's one person on the show, like Dan is so good. That's awesome. Okay. All right. So we should get into the actual show. Thank you for the pre-chat though. That's, that's some great, uh, it's great to hear all that. Um, uh, so, uh, I had to tell our listeners and, uh, this is going to be our last podcast for the season. So buckle up for a big one. Hopefully we won't go. <laughs> really long but again on twitter uh we were all like oh they're gonna they're gonna take six hours for this podcast like no 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 <laughs> we're not doing a six hour podcast <laughs> all right so I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> all right so first we got a little bit of news uh then we're gonna break down uh through the recap and then i've got a little summer uh like a summary of what rob thomas has been teasing about season four and then of course your feedback listeners so let's get into the news uh the first thing is uh, we had Haiku uh, Haiku off last week, and it looks like our guest Cheyenne crushed Steph and I in the Haiku off. Really? Yeah, poor Major is a winner over my woe and your ode to Jason Doring's abs. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also wanted to say thank you to Viet Nguyen for the interview this past weekend. Please take a listen to that if you haven't listened to it yet. He's really cool. He had lots of great stories. Yeah, we worked with him, Anisha. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's so cool. But I try to not fangirl as much around him. So let's, yeah. <laughs> he's going to hear this, maybe. He, he may so. be an honorary ninja on the podcast. So, I mean, <laughs> and, but I think it was only for the length of the podcast. So I think I'm not an honorary <laughs> ninja anymore. Um. I uh, tweeted Malcolm before the finale. Malcolm Goodwin plays Clive. I said, summarize your favorite reaction in the finale in one word. Uh, and he wrote back, Ishkabibble. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had no idea what he meant by that. And so halfway through the finale, I um, tweeted, I said, uh, has Ishkabibble happened yet? And he tweeted back, not yet. It's coming. You know, you'll know when. And so I'm going to need you guys to help me figure out uh, when Ishkabibble happens as we go through the recap. It, it, it was after half the half, halfway point. I'm assuming it might be in the church, but uh, yeah. Um, and the last bit of news is that season four is pretty officially begun. I mean, the writers have been at it for the last week or so, and Allie tweeted that they start filming in less than a month. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, like I said, we've got, we'll be talking about uh, what Rob was teasing in his interviews. He's got lots of, lots of ideas. We'll see. Uh, All right. So let's get into uh, Looking for Mr. Goodbrain, part two, written by Rob Thomas, directed by Dan Etheridge. Woo! 
we start with the chapter title Blonde Bombshell. And we're at the uh, house of Major and Ravi, and we're seeing the first of many newscasts. And I just wanted to stop here and say, who knew Darren Norris's Johnny Frost would play such a big part in the season three finale? I know. Yeah, it's Johnny. <laughs> Johnny uh, is reporting on the explosion, uh, and Liv and Ravi and Peyton are really worried until Major and Justin come in. There are hugs, uh, the reports of the squad being gone, and so is Natalie. <gasps> Natalie! Mm. Some people were hoping for the best, but nope. Liv's dress is really cute. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice Liv's dress. I was, I don't know. Um, what was, what did it look like? It was black and it had like a lace, uh, kind of a lacy type hmm. cutout up top. It was just, and it had a, like a gold zipper at the back. It was really cute. Oh, All got, her dresses are cute. Got one just like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Justin asks Liv uh, where she was, and she confesses to sleeping with Chase. Chase Graves! Oh, it was like anybody but Chase Graves. Oh. Like, and uh, he's, he, you know, this is something that was also debated last week, you know, how much is the brain influencing Liv in this decision? And Justin is not buying brains as an excuse. And you can fight it if you really want yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't buying it was because at the beginning of season one, where she's on that like sociopath brain and Ravi almost gets eaten by, um, who is it? Macy, the doctor. She mm-hmm. fights it. She saves him. So like, Oh, Marcy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Marcy. And there's a whole there's a whole scene there where he's like, "Well, Liv, you could have let me die, but you didn't. You can fight the brain." And then three seasons later, she's like, "No, I can't fight the brain." <laughs> well, I feel like there's this this uh, just this uh, magnetism that Chase Graves has that would make somebody powerless. <laughs> I mean, I'm powerless, and I just watched the TV yeah. show. <laughs> I, I think that it was a. I think it was a little. Um, I I think she could have fought it if she wanted to, but yeah. I think they were just really hot for each other. Yeah. Just... And then her and Justin are not as strong as uh, we may have thought. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we go to the next chapter: Mary Blaine's last dance. <laughs> Or at the scratching post, and Donnie says the choreographer choreographer Blue Brain is a hit, and Blaine steps out of his office and sees an amazing <laughs> dance sequence. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic! It was like La La Land. It was like, <laughs> oh my god! Like so, I mean, like what we have singing. That's what we needed next was dancing. Right. I mean, the musical is so close. I can feel it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah an amazing dance sequence yeah <laughs> it was pretty awesome <laughs> and uh the song is dream lover which is yeah. a good song um and i just love how donnie is so amused and blaine is just annoyed <laughs> and there's this moment where dino is walking through the crowd of dancers and he's just <laughs> trying to make his way through and he kind of stops and it, yeah he's like waiting for him to stop he took the path <laughs> And I was like, man, I am going to die if he breaks out dancing. (laughs) Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but, oh, man. Uh, So he reports that the brains they were getting from the Russians were taken by the feds, and Tanner was arrested. More on that later. 
Um, we go to the morgue, and Ravi and Liv are playing jigsaw puzzle. Luckily, we didn't be we didn't get any sort of like mention like, oh, this is Natalie's elbow. <laughs> oh. That would have been really sad. So Clive arrives to say how Patrice is Carrie's what? daughter. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> she claimed uh, she never saw Caddy, uh, according to Clive's interview. And uh, uh, Carrie said uh, Chase asked Patrice to pick up his dog in Paris. And we find out that Patrice is 13 in this scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's cool. I, I thought it was weird that they would that the story is that uh, the story that Carrie is trying to get Clive to buy is that they that Chase assigned her thirteen year old to take a plane to Paris to pick up a dog. I was like, <laughs> hmm, this sounds a little fishy. <laughs> um, so uh, Liv theorizes that Chase is bringing a virus to Seattle, and that would provide more brains because all the dead people. And uh, and they talk about like the citronella dog can't dog collar, and we get another appearance of the website Euphrates, which is great. Um, <laughs> and uh, Liv said the dog did have a collar, and Chase had Caddy's room number on his napkin, and Clive is pretty confused, and Liv confesses, and again blames it on the brain. And I love the whole line where it's like, "Well, Caddy wasn't very choosy about her lovers," and Ravi's like, "Thanks." <laughs> So this was the scene where uh, where Clive is like, "How did you, did you see that? Was this a vision? Like, what? How nope. did you?" Fit? And she's like, "Ah, I slept with Chase Graves." <laughs> she even was like, "How did you sneak in there?" She's like, <laughs> "Kind of fell into the room." Like, uh... <laughs> we go to a snowy suburban street because I guess it was uh, winter time when you guys were all filming this. Yeah. Um, we see Jan. Walking her baby, Jan from the Gossip Brain episode. Uh, she's walking her baby with another mommy, and she screams when they see half of Zach Stoll trying to pull oh, what's left that was of great. through the street. Yeah, because we saw him in the in the pr- preview. Yeah, but seeing that it was just half of him was oh, such a shock. Crazy, because they're talking about how oh we live in the boring suburbs. <laughs> yep. Nothing ever happens. And then they get a couple screams, and and of course, poor Zach gets run over by a beer truck, and <laughs> that's, that's it for Zach. Uh, the next chapter is no brains, no gains. We go to Fillmore Graves, and Blaine is trying to talk uh, Chase into supplying Fillmore Graves of brains, and Chase says um, that those brains put his men in jeopardy, and he's got the situation under control. So no thanks. So Blaine exits as Major enters. Uh, so I thought this was kind of weird here because Major uh, Blaine's like, oh, if it isn't killer abs, you know, referring to the T-shirt and Major just kind of directs him to oh, the restroom. Yeah. Oh, because he didn't want Chase to know that they knew each other. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. You don't want to be associated with that guy. Uh, so Major wants to be even s- though seeing even though seeing uh, Blaine and Chase talk is. Like my heart is just pounding out of my chest. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see David Anders have a scene with Jason Doring. It's just I don't know. Yes. Um. All right. So uh, Major says he wants to be scr- scratched. Um. And 
Oh, God. Okay. I was screaming at my television. <laughs> not again, Major. Not again. You, all that we went through to yeah. get you. Like, I feel like I went through it, too. Like, I participated in this cure. Yeah. <laughs> all that we went through to get him cured, <laughs> and now it's all for nothing. Well, the thing is, when he was a zombie before, he was also slowly dying. <laughs> now he could be just a zombie and just be a zombie and still fit in. So. Very true. But fit into what? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, he's making his mind. He's a little all over the place. Both him and Blaine just keep going back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Switching sides and to morally, morally gray areas. Uh, like, mm-hmm. uh, I believe... Uh, our listener Tim mentions in his feedback, if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah, I my note here is that the major after that explosion, he's just done with humanity. <laughs> like, just destroyed all his friends. The girl that he was like probably in love with, you know, or at least felt really close with, is going to have a new future with. Completely uh, broken. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So. Chase talks about how Discovery Day is here and that uh, Major might have to do some things that can't be undone, and Major just presents his arm. Okay, so we're outside Chase's estate. I guess he's got an estate in Seattle, or at least a house he's renting. It's really nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where to film that. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, when you can sit in a sitting area on a couch, and like three feet away is another sitting area with couches. <laughs> Uh, so Clive is pretty hesitant here, but Liv really wants to get that collar. And so she pops the Max Rager and super jumps over some hedges and into a pool. <laughs> oh God, that was so funny. Yeah. Um, it was the middle of winter when she filmed that as well. Yeah. So real- her. Yeah. She tweeted that out. I'm like, Oh, how could you get into a pool midwinter? That's some commitment. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Chase finds Liv talking to uh, White Fang from the pool, and so we go inside, and uh, Chase is asking Clive and Liv, what's up? And they pretty much drop it, you know, like, we know about the dog, we know how Harley didn't kill Wally's family, and uh, how you have the number of caddy cups, so it's all pointing to you. And Chase is uh, kind of evasive, and he, you know, he's doing his inscrutable uh, Logan Eccles, Jason Doring thing, <laughs> which which works really well here. And you know, he pretty much just is like, oh, "Should I get a lawyer, or should I get should I should you guys get a lawyer?" Because you know, you're breaking and entering. Yeah. Um, so they try to leave, but Liv's clothes are drying, so he offers oh, to watch some TV with them. <laughs> okay. That dog hmm. is is kind of different than the Basset Hound. Like, I wonder why they went with that kind of dog. Is that like a mutt, or is that like a breed of dog that I'm not familiar with? I'm thinking it's a dog that you would you would uh, uh, believe would be carried onto a plane. I'm assuming. Right. Yeah. A dog yeah. that's small enough to carry on a plane? Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah. that dog is not really cute. <laughs> Maybe it's Aww. cute in a, oh, it's so ugly, it's cute kind of way. But like, You'd leave that dog somebody, on a bus, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Send somebody to Paris to retrieve a dog that looks like that. You know? <laughs> Aw, poor dog. Poor thing. Poor white fang. Aw. Let's go on to the next chapter. <laughs> it's called Dream Griever. 
Uh, we go to the scratching post and uh, Blaine and Donnie are bummed. The place is vacant. Uh, Dream Lover comes on again. A zombie pops up to start dancing and Blaine just turns the music off. <laughs> he unplugs the ap- iPod. Yeah. Is it an iPod? Uh, it's a, like an iPod plugged into a stereo. We go to the mayor's office and Peyton has brought Ravi in to translate some science speak. Doctor- yeah. What was up with this scene? Yeah, Dr. Smith, they bring Dr. Smith in to tell Baracus that tens of thousands of Seattle citizens are going to die slowly from this flu in a month. And uh, if they don't start mass-scale vaccinations, uh, it's going to turn to hundreds of thousands. That's what the scene's about. So the flu is broken out, and they need to get to vaccinating. Um, so Quick. knowing what we know, um, I, I still wonder, like there was some question of whether or not Dr. Smith was in on the plan or she was just basically reacting to an outbreak of Lucian flu. I, I think it's the latter. I don't think she's in on the plan. Mm-mm, I don't think so. Yeah. All right. So we go to the morgue's office, Liv, Clive and Ravi watch Johnny Frost. Talk about how Baracus is ordering the mass vaccinations. Things like move along so quickly in this episode. It's crazy. Yeah, there's just so much. It's cram-packed. And it's so ominous to hear Johnny Frost speak so matter-of-factly and mm-hmm. solemnly. Yeah. yeah. It gets pretty solemn later, too. Um, all right, so Clive says he can't sleep till he gets the shot, and Ravi says that insomnia is one of the symptoms. And also sensitivity <laughs> to light. And that's when uh, Liv has a vision of Caddy uh, in the trunk. Uh, Carrie opens the trunk, surprised that she's still alive, and she says it'll all be over soon. Um, so Liv tells Clive, and they figure she must have been trying to move the body. And Clive and Liv race off to question Carrie. Yeah, I hate that this finale was broken up. I wish that we got it all on one night because... During that vision, I was like, okay, whose brain did this eat? <laughs> like, I forgot it was Caddy's brain. Yeah, I was almost thinking, like, this episode should have a, should have, should have had a different uh, title because it didn't seem mm-hmm. to be much about the brain anymore. But I guess technically she's still on Caddy's brain, so it is a part two. But, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so we got to go to Fillmore Graves. We're getting all our questions answered here. <laughs> Uh, so Chase talks to Carrie about the first plan, Vivian's plan, which is like his plan as well. And it's what we learned in the season three premiere that they're building zombie Island. They're going to move the zombies there. And then, um, the doomsday plan, plan B happened and Carrie is the one who started it. And Carrie, uh, pretends to be, you know, like, Oh, I'm just, uh, I just get, I just order toner around here. What? So um, Chase says that Carrie bought him White Fang as a gift, and then he accuses her of murdering zombies to get them to distrust the humans, and one of them being Fred Tuttle, um, who I guess was murdered because he was warning Chase through email Um. about this uh, disloyal faction in the company. So um, uh, Carrie had that entire family killed. and it's funny because, uh, you know, and, and, and also, you know, we, we learned that Vivian resisted and she, she had her killed as well. And it's so funny because, like, all, all through the season as I'm theorizing this, like, this is what's happening. 
but it doesn't make any sense because I don't see Carrie Gold like doing this herself. And it didn't process with me that, oh, she could have had some other soldiers work with her and do it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Um, some, some inside knowledge here, at least something that Rob Thomas mentioned in one of his interviews that Vivian was like abruptly killed because she just, uh, had her show picked up. So Andrea Savage had to leave the show. So mm. Jason Dory, Doring was the backup plan. Wow. Yeah. So, um, okay. So after... You know, she builds distrust with the humans that she pretty much ensures that Chase is going to have to go along with plan B because he would think it's more like humans on zombie killing rather than zombies on zombies. And Chase calls in the troops to arrest her. Carrie tells him that plan A would have gotten them killed because the government would just nuke the island. Um, and Carrie tells the soldiers to take Chase outside and shoot him. And I love one soldier's like, ha, your gun's totally disassembled. You didn't count on that. And, uh, and uh, Chase like pulls out his gun and shoots all three of them. In the end. Yeah, of course, Chase Grace has more than one Glock. He just pulls a total whatever. of John McClane. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he raises his gun to Carrie and Carrie warns um, Chase that there's more of them. And uh, he shoots her in the head as Clive and Liv come in here. And uh, uh, Chase tells them about what was going on and uh, wants to take care of this in-house. And Clive is finally seeing the person. Are you okay with it? Yeah. He's be my guest. He's pretty angry at uh, Carrie. Anything else you wanted to say about the scene at all? Or <laughs> it's a lot of information we got dropped on us. I was like yeah. watching it like uh 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 processing, processing. <laughs> um okay, so we get to the next scene, which is called Just a Prick. Uh <laughs> and that prick we're talking about is Johnny Frost as he reports his way through a crowd to the nearest immunization, <laughs> he gets the shot and sighs in relief. Which is uh, uh, pretty sad to think when you uh, when you see it for the second time, you're like, "Oh, he just got turned into a zombie. He has no idea." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we go to the the PD and uh, Seattle PD, and Clive finds Bazio at his desk. Yes. <laughs> I actually um met Jessica Harmon not not on the set of I Zombie. Yeah. Uh, but because she's in the hundred um, and the other company I work for reps actors for like conventions and personal appearances. One of our clients was also at this oh. 100th convention oh, cool. and she was there as well. And she was so lovely and so wonderful. I just felt I should add that in there. Oh, please. Uh, I, she just seems like a really awesome person. Where you meet, you you meet those people and you're just like, wow, you're a fantastic human. <laughs> yeah. She's just, she just wholeheartedly one of those people. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Um, so she's the one that actually got the drop on the, the shipment from Russia, not Jessica Harmon, but Basio I'm talking about now. Right, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, uh, she's thinking it might, might help with the Dungeons and Dragons, uh, hacking case, but, uh, she ends up having to bust a kid who is Clive CI and he's connected to major through health and shelter. And he called shady plots from the PD. It's Tanner. 
And Tanner's like, oh, I was... But he was, he was going to die. He had to get his affairs in order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice excuse. And Basio is just pissed. He's just like, what the hell is going on here? And that's when Clive closes the blinds, disables the cam, and punches Tanner in the face. And he goes to the full-on zombie mode. Yeah, she was like, Clive! <laughs> but it was just to get a reaction. And just to put him in... Yeah, full-on zombie. I love that how this is set up here, because he's like... I'm about to put you in the situation where I was in last season. This is what would have mm. happened. I, you imprisoned Major, he would have caused a zombie apocalypse. And the same thing is going to go on here if you don't release Tanner. Um, so we go to the morgue, and Ravi has gotten his beakers and Bunsen burners out. And also a couple of golden tickets, which <laughs> is basically uh, um, a couple of uh, utopium... A tainted utopium vials. They don't have tainted utopium in there, but they're still residue. And uh, he has her push a button on his little lab set, which uh, causes another vision of her pushing a doorbell. And it's Caddy. I wonder. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so she's looking through the window and we see you two feasting on a brain. (laughs) Okay. I just want to talk about this for a second. Please. The brain on High Zombie. Okay. So, first of all, the cherry frosting tubes, which are referred to as, like, the Go-Gurts or, like, the tubes, yeah. they are absolutely de- delicious. And Anisha <laughs> will tell you how many I ate. How like, many I ate. Ava, we, we only had – we didn't have that many on set. But we were doing a couple of takes, and Ava just kept eating them. And I was like, Ava, I think we need these for, like, older <laughs> takes. <laughs> It was so good. good. And I was like, Ava, I know they're delicious, but we have like 10 more takes of this to do. You can't eat all the brains. Like in between takes, I would just see her snacking on them. I was like, no. And in in acting school, they prep you and teach you a lot. But one thing I never learned was how to eat brains. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the brains on iZombie, they come in two forms. The first being, you know, the delicious ones, the cherry frosting. They're so addicting, man. I just love them so much. I actually, I keep them in my freezer. I don't know if you know this, but I've kept two of them in my you freezer. You took some home? Yeah, I took, like, two home. What? <laughs> yeah. Were you allowed to do that? <laughs> and then they have the, the like, uh, make I zombie. Uh, that I did not steal anything from set. I didn't steal anything. I mean... Mark you just the borrowed props. it and didn't give it back? I mean, Mark the props guy, like, he said, yo, you can take them home. I also <laughs> took the brain chunks home. I have, like, a freezer full of those. Oh, wow. I would and, uh, those... like to, one more time, make it public record that I did not take anything from <laughs> I was allowed to. I mean, Mark just showed up, that hit my mark, said my lines, went home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark, Mark the props guy was like, hey, Ava, if we have some extras. You want to take these home? And I took them home, and then, yeah. It was, it was great. Mm-hmm. But like the chunks, oh. the chunks, they taste like crunchy jello. Like, <laughs> I mean, we had to, I drank all the orange juice too. Like, and may I, may I just note, they gave us orange juice and I just had to swallow them. And like, yeah, I don't think we were supposed to drink it. Ava was just downing the orange juice too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I they, was like, okay, you do you. Yeah, no, Mark, Mark, our awesome uh, props guy, I mean, he, he makes the zombie, like the brains, mm-hmm. any flavor you want. I mean, I don't know about you, but he, he emailed me and he was like, so what flavor do you want? Blue raspberry, cherry, orange. And I'm like, I'm down for a good cherry flavor. So. <laughs> wow. 
So uh, that's awesome. Uh, so you guys actually did feast on that brain that was in front of you on the table? Oh, yeah. No, of course. I mean, here's the thing. Logan Ava posted something on Twitter. She posted a video of us just, like, snacking on them. Yeah. <laughs> Look I, at her Twitter. Yeah, no. Uh, they tasted, just try to imagine, like, crunchy jello. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, they were very... I wouldn't say they were crunchy. They were just... Um, Crisp. Like, they were they were hard. They weren't, like, soft. They weren't crunchy, though. Like, it wasn't like eating chips. It was like eating, like, frozen jello. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, they were, uh, they were very uh, interesting. I mean, I'm not complaining, but, like, <laughs> I just drank all the orange juice. And for some reason, the orange juice was so good. Like, I don't know what they put in there, but it was, like, <laughs> addicting. I, was, was, like, I, I think it was just regular orange juice. <laughs> Are you sure? I think. <laughs> Maybe it was Sunny D. Yeah. Sunny D is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> the bomb.com uh, shout, shout out to uh, Mark our props guy I mean he's a true MVP making our brains taste delicious mm-hmm. yeah yeah shout out to Mark um, yeah and uh, Mark send me some brains because you know I want to try uh, if you want I, I can send you some brains uh, hey if you want to send me brains I would love it <laughs> I'd be down no, I'd actually be down I have like a freezer full of the brains wow yeah, no, I have, I have That's stuff. a lot of brains. You know, once a zombie, once a zombie, always a zombie, right? All right. Well, I will, I will, uh, I'll text you my address uh, through Twitter. And uh, <laughs> if you want to send me brains, I, I, my wife will be, open up the package and be like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Very concerned for that. It's Gogurt. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I don't really look like brains, but like, what? I'll share them with the kids. Really disgust my wife. It'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They'll love it. Uh, I did want to ask about uh, this scene, though, uh, because we see, you know, it's it's catty, but it, it's a camera guy looking through the window, right? And then you, and then Anisha, you jump up and you're out the door after the camera guy. I mean, was. Can you talk a bit about the stunt work involved? Like, did he have to kind of fall to the ground and, you know, to mock, you know, Caddy's point of view? Yeah, yeah. So he didn't actually fall, but um, he he had the camera with him. And then he had, um, when he was running away, he like sort of did a trip and then someone grabbed him. So obviously the camera didn't crash into the ground or anything like, but he like went down slowly. Oh, cool. Sort of imitate it. (laughs) And again, all all CGI, no makeup at all for the the full on zombie, huh? No, no makeup <sighs> at all. It's so cool. Again, I'm still so mind blown because that just <laughs> takes so much talent and skill to be able to. Whew, yeah, I get excited just thinking about it. What What was your reaction when you saw yourself go full on zombie? I mean, this is really for both of you too. Like when you saw yourself go full on zombie. Um, on Venice. honestly, like. I, I mean, they were actually originally going to put, um, like, f- not, not food coloring, but, like, a red dye in her eyes, and then they uh, decided not to. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, oh, I was, was going to know that. Yeah, how is this going to work out and stuff? So then watching the episode last night, that was just so cool. Like, like watching myself as a full-on rage zombie. <laughs> I mean, I've seen myself as a zombie, but as a rage zombie, that was really cool and yeah. sick. And was that the first time you saw yourself like that? You didn't get to see it early? 
if you if you see episode 311 conspiracy weary i have that vision i mean that kind of indicates that i'm a zombie and in order to prepare for that the producers sent me some clips of Liv in the show having her visions and that was yeah that, that's how i sort of cool. kept my zombie oh book. wow <laughs> Yeah, and I got to see a lot of visions, a lot of behind the scenes, and it was really cool. And uh, we also see for the first time, uh, I noticed on my rewatch that um, Patrice is wielding her lacrosse stick. Yeah. Oh, I was wondering what that was. That is a lacrosse stick, right? Is it lacrosse or is it field hockey? I, I have no idea. I think lacrosse has a net. I don't think it matters, but. Oh, okay. Field hockey stick. Somebody, one Google, of the- somebody Google it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm sure a listener will, will write it. <laughs> All right. So we go to uh, the next episode. Uh, next chapter is called A Carry Home Companion. And <laughs> uh, so Liv knocks at the Carry residence and she hears music coming from the garage. She goes in. There's zombie music play- blaring. I think it, this is Childish Gambino, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> oh. I got to add that to my iZombie playlist. Yeah, no, of course. And somebody's tanning. I'm assuming it's Tatum? Yeah. Uh, I believe um, it. Yeah, I believe it is Tatum. Yeah, it, it was me tanning because if you see the bracelet, that's kind of like the Easter egg oh, that gives it away. Right. I, yeah, that, so that's kind of like a confirmation that's me. Yeah. But that's actually not me tanning in the bed. They use another person. <laughs> oh, really? Like, am I really that pale? <laughs> I suppose they want to was, keep you pale. No, I'm just kidding. It's all good vibes here. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, they used another person for the tanning bed. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're not even in this this part. This scene at all. Well, I'm giving all the set secrets away. Great. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so Liv sees the phone and there's this teen text chain talking about how hashtag D-Day is here and they're never going to go hungry again. And all oh, the CDC are so dumb. <laughs> Yeah. That's a perfect teenage talk. Yeah. Um, and Liv notices that her phone is dead, so she goes into the house to call Peyton. And mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't understand uh, why these zombies think they're going to eat because, uh, you know, this vaccination's coming. All these people are going to be saved. Maybe they're trying to steal the vaccines. What's going on? And so Peyton gives her the location of uh, where the vac- vaccines are. And the phone call is interrupted by Tatum. Tatum Weckler. <laughs> uh, Liv says she knows that she's a zombie. And Tatum reveals that she went with Patrice to the July 4th party and got infected there. And I'm like, yes, this makes total sense. Of course. <laughs> of course. I was so, I was so excited because – Again, we were going back and forth. Like, uh, is Barakas the kind of guy to just scratch just this teenage girl just to win an election? I just didn't wasn't buying it at all. But then to hear that she got scratched at the Fillmore Graves party, that makes a lot more sense. That she was there because Patrice is the daughter of Carrie, and she's Patrice is probably there with her mom. Yeah, total sense. I love it. Um. And uh, and that uh, they they black they blackmailed her dad and threatened to starve her and they hug and I, we're all thinking oh Tatum's good Tatum <laughs> we're trust Tatum Tatum's awesome yeah Tatum's innocent one oh yeah. we love Tatum Team Tatum yay <laughs> and then Liv sees a reflection in the wi- in the window and it's full on zombie Patrice 
nearly getting the drop on her like she did with uh, Caddy. I was basically the cover-up. Thanks, Patrice. (laughs) And, you know, and also, again, I'm just breaking this down beat by beat because, again, it's like, okay, so Tatum's innocent. Patrice is, like, the bad one. Like, Liv turns around and there's Tatum grabbing a knife and going full-on zombie mode as well and saying, she's on the human side. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she's so bad. I trusted her. Like, great. Like, (laughs) The, the direction I was given for that was, like, okay. really, really aggressive. Actually, holding yeah. the knife took a lot of work. I mean, I mean, I kind of felt like a serial killer, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what do I do? Wow. Yeah, no, it was, it was great to film, though. I mean, that was probably my favorite scene to film out of all of them. Oh, I can imagine an awesome action scene like that with a lot of bellowing back like, and forth. <laughs> that was just awesome, in my opinion. And... Patrice says that, you know, pretty much give up, you've already lost. And she <laughs> takes a swing and only kind of like knocks Liv aside. And you guys kind of wrestle back and forth. And that's when Liv spots the mallet. <laughs> Tatum lunches at her, but Liv evades, knocks her out with the mallet, and then tosses it and hits Patrice in the head. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, key point don't mess with Liv. <laughs> Again, I was like, oh my god, these guys are going to totally get murdered because here's Liv in a, co- in a kitchen being attacked by zombies. There's sharp, pointy objects all around. Uh, but I think Liv was just like, oh, they're teenagers. They're under the influence of, like, Carrie. You know, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't straight up murder them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, did you guys want to talk any more about the scene? I mean... I'm interested to hearing, like, how you guys had to react to... I'm, I'm assuming the mallet was, like, put in there as CGI later, especially the one that gets thrown at you, Anisha. So, in the first uh, master shot they did, um, Rose threw it just over my shoulder, and then I, I pretended to snap my neck and hit the ground. And then I'm pretty sure, like, 99.99% sure that in the final... No, they did. They definitely did. They CGI'd it. Um, All right. When they when they aired it, but they, I think they already had the clip of me um, snapping my neck and falling Snap to the ground. So when the hand. so they just CGI'd in the the hammer. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Did you two want to mention anything more about this scene before we move on? No, I just want to say a huge shout out to uh, Ernest, who is our fantabulous, yes, fantabulous <laughs> set creator. Uh, yeah, without them, it'd be pretty much, it would be really hard. And our stunt doubles, shout out to them because, you know, 99.9% of the time, they were there. So That's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to move on to James Doohan Elementary, which is awesome because that's the actor that played Scotty on Star Trek. I'm not quite sure why they named an elementary school after him in iZombie, but <laughs> I'm just like thinking, it's okay. I'm just thinking like Scotty, uh... Beam me up, Scotty. I'm just like, is there anything that has to do with anything? I just, maybe he, they were just like, oh, what the heck? We'll just use his name. There's got to be a story. Anyway, so from beneath the bleachers, Liv sees something horrific. And I was even like, oh my God, really? <laughs> the soldiers. I know. Go ahead, Steph. Sorry. I know. This, well, this was, you know, screaming at the television again. Oh my yeah. God. This is terrible. Like, what's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. 
Sorry to get loud. <laughs> get loud. It's okay. Um, get excited. And and just the sight of these soldiers injecting their blood into this vaccine makes her say, "Dear God," which is oh, this was so good. Can I say this? I love this sequence. Mm-hmm. XTC's "Dear God" starts playing, which is a great song. Yeah. And Liv just running through the hallways And is discovered by Justin Who takes a moment and then calls The soldiers to where he is Yeah and okay and like last week When the we had the Feedbacker say you know that this was Character assassination That Liv betrayed Justin And and I'll I, Like just see where this goes yeah. And this was a perfect Resolution because she betrayed him And he betrayed her I almost think like, okay, so she slept with somebody else. They could kill her for betraying yeah. the zombie race. He, he really? And also, this calls into question, how much does Justin know about this? Did Justin know about Plan B? I, I, I mean, he was outside the area patrolling. Maybe he didn't know what was going on inside that gymnasium. But I, I'm almost thinking he had to have. Mm-hmm. And also, how much does Major know? Because we haven't really seen him at all either. He's not in the school. We have we don't see him at the school though. Uh, anyway, um, we are the church and hashtag Bozano. Uh, yeah, but I love how that that it leads to that the scene in the church. Like how funny, you know? Oh my God! Then yeah. the song, and then then the church. Yeah, and it all great. hits us that oh my gosh! Like Clive and Bozio are in line to get turned into zombies. And they're having their sweet little banter and everything is good again. And it's like, oh, no, Liv calls, but Clive has to step outside to hear her. And uh. like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Um, so she tells him what's up and Clive rushes back in. But Basio is now a brain eater. Mm. And I'm wondering if this reaction was Ishkabibble. <laughs> Ishkabibble. That's <laughs> what Malcolm said <laughs> over Twitter. What his favorite reaction was, uh, use it in one word. It's called Ishkabibble. <laughs> so and this was past the halfway point. So I'm assuming it was. This. I I do I do think that is Ishkabibble. Yeah. And, well, it's just so tragic that you know we we wanted them together. They were back together for five minutes. Yeah. And then now they can't be together. Also, um, uh, I, I have to say I was spoiled on this. It sucks, but I was. Uh, as I was getting ready for the episode, um, I was checking out. And, you know, I like a, as a fan podcast, I like to retweet fans getting excited using the hashtag iZombie. Well, as it turned out, Amazon Prime had released the episode in Germany like hours later, hours earlier. And somebody tweeted something about Bazio being turned into a zombie. And I was like, what? No. <laughs> I did not want to know that. <laughs> so. Go back in time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh. No, this is not how it ends. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so. Uh, oh, well. Anyway, so we move on to the next chapter. It's called Taste the Rainbow. And we're at... KQ, KQUA News That's the this Johnny Frost's network And Johnny's checking out The new weather girl But not really what mm-hmm. we usually Are used to him checking out girls for uh, He's hungry And uh, the makeup lady says He's got a white streak in his hair And that's when Liv storms in 
Johnny's not ready to be questioned for the latest deviant murder. <laughs> and Liv tells him that he's a zombie. She knows what he's craving. Pulls out the gogurt. He eats and um, uh, she tells him what to say. And they we, we cut to um, Johnny uh, debriefing everybody on the news. Telling that zombies are real. And laying out all the rules that go with zombies. And stressing that, you know. They're just people. They have a virus. And and that he says that, you know, for people who are infected, help is on the way. And just we see people reacting to the news in the church. I wrote down one poor bastard has a needle in his arm as he's hearing the I news. <laughs> like, that's, what, worst, that's what got my attention too. <laughs> oh, worst day ever. Uh, and that's when panic sets in. People leave and we see looting beginning and people grabbing weapons. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it gets crazy, but it's about to get crazier. Um, we we go to uh, after that, and the phone's ringing off the hook at the news station. Johnny asks Liv, like, what now? And Liv doesn't even know what to do now. And that's when Chase comes in with the troops, hands the producer a flash drive to play, and the producer's like, what? No? <laughs> and he gets shot. That actor was very good. Like, he was very realistic. Like, I, oh, like, I producer? thought, is he... I was like, is he really a producer? Like he just—he <laughs> could be just a really good actor. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked yeah. by the sh- by the by the shot here. I was like, oh my god, he just like shot this guy. And then I realized in the rewatch that he had a sticker on, so he was a zombie. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe Chase knew that. All right, so yeah, I think so. We get to Chase's video here. Um, and he breaks down everything here, and I'm just read it as we're seeing all this other stuff happen. And the first thing is he says that Fillmore Graves soldiers as zombies and we don't see zombieism as a bad thing. And that's when we see Patrice and Tatum being taken in by the soldiers. The mercenaries, oh man. <laughs> Did you want to mention anything about that scene at all? Okay, so uh, when we were filming this, we actually didn't see the mercenaries until we shot the scene, right? And I think they did this so we could be more, like, shocked and surprised. Oh. But let me tell you something, Robin and Steph. When <laughs> uh-huh. you open the door to mercenaries holding guns that are realistic, yeah, yeah, it is the scariest thing ever. <laughs> I can imagine. And I'll tell you, okay, I was looking at Anisha like, holy crap, is this actually real? Did they, did they just, are they pranking us? Like... Is this real or I was like shocked. I was scared. I had, I was wow. like, ah! I was like <laughs> no. And uh, yeah, but like that was a really scary scene of film per- mm-hmm. per- personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked how you guys are all, you know, like you said, you guys were made up that you're the, the injuries that you sustained from live. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just the, the, the reaction of just, like, you know, shock, but also, like, oh, man, the jig is up. Like, yeah, it's over. No, it was it was definitely I, – I don't know about you, but, like, shooting it is one thing. And, like, I mean, looking at it is another. But, like, we – the first scene that they shot was from our perspective, so they didn't have any, like, room to put the mercenaries. Mm-hmm. But then they switched the perspective. So we are looking at the mercenaries. Yeah. And we had to be in that scene. And let me tell you, Robin and Steph. Yes. <laughs> NPM at night, we're filming this. And I see soldiers with shotguns that look legit. <laughs> I have no words. I am scared as heck. 
I'd be too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just like, and like, I'm one of those people that like, when I'm scared, I laugh. I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I was like holding it in. I was like, is this real or is this, is this fake? Like, I was, I was shocked. Like, and Anisha, I, Anisha got that same vibe too. I, I know. Uh, I don't know if she's still here. Anisha? I'm here. Oh, did, what, what were you thinking during this part? Um, yeah, it was definitely like a little bit of a shock to see the weapons because they looked so realistic and they were trained, they were pointed right at us. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, it was good. I think it helped the scene. It helped, you know, that initial shock that we, of us seeing it, like Mm -hmm. really helped us, um, generate that, that genuine sort of look of, of surprise and fear. Right. Yeah. No, no, it it was so fun to film. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I had a great time. Yeah. So, okay, so we move on to the speech here. Um, Chase says this may t- test some relationships, and then he says that intimate contact between humans and zombies is impossible without infection. And we see Clive just lovingly dyeing Basio's hair. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, this oh. part just broke my heart into a million pieces because the look that she gives him, like, she looks up at him with this, like, sadness but gratitude at the yeah. same time. Like, oh, Gazio! Oh. <laughs> I'm just, I just feel so bad for her. It's like, she just finds out that zombies exist, there's zombies in the world, and gets turned into a zombie. I think within maybe a day, maybe two days. I think it was, like, the next day they got the the vaccination, so. Um, so sad. <laughs> The speech goes on, Aleutian flu will be eradicated, your loved ones will be saved, no disease will ever threaten them again, and then we see Major, who's been, like, missing all episode, <laughs> uh, going from hospital bed to hospital bed, scratching the people who are dying from the flu. Mm. Um, then Chase continues with the plan, he's like, wait, wait, where are we going to get the brains? We're not harvesting brains from the living, brains are going to be supplied by willing donors on their deaths. And uh, they will be delivered to the Seattle zombies. And we see Major and Justin handing out packets with, I love these, uh, like, so you're a zombie now, flyers. <laughs> and yeah. just like laying out the rules, you know? And then we see the other side of this. We got uh, Donnie back in the drug dealer mode, approaching Aww. a group with like a Tupperware of like regular and blue brain samples. Like just classic drug dealer stuff. Like just give them a taste and they'll keep coming back, you know? Um, I thought this scene was really cute because he just like has his little hood on and he's just running around <laughs> with his little container. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Donnie's back in business. He's just back in his element. Yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> nice to see. After He's been through a lot this season. He yeah. deserves a nice little break. <laughs> uh, and then he says, he's you know, the promise to the country, provide us with our brains and we'll stay in Seattle. 7,000 people die every day in the U.S., one if one in ten of those donates, then we will we won't have to look elsewhere. A well-fed zombie is a happy zombie, and he wants Seattle to be full of happy zombies living their lives. And then we we see uh, the scratching post is like booming with business now, and they're serving up all sorts of you know like blue brains and regular brains. Chase says humans can't humans can leave or live with us in harmony. We aren't monsters. We do not want to harm humans. Let's show the world there's no need to fear the other, which is very timely to say that. Um, 
And then we see this human mob with weapons approaching. And Justin first orders the troops to shoot, shoot over the head to scare them away. But they keep coming and one of them's got a gun. So Justin orders them to fire. And uh, we see Major just like for a second go, oh, my God, you know, and then start shooting. So, wow, Major. Mm-hmm. Um, life will go on as normal Schools, hospitals, fire department Special zombie police and criminal justice systems Will be set up And uh, we see Peyton Seeming to hear the report of the riot In, in an elementary classroom And uh, whispering to Mayor Baracus's ear And he's sitting there Reading to children And uh, I hope you guys know What they were referencing here <laughs> Yep <laughs> Uh, of course, the uh, George W. Bush reading the uh, book to a uh, classroom full of children as 9-11 is happening. Um, and I got a quote from Rob Thomas about that. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. Cheeky was, exa- <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky was exactly what we were going for. Yeah, the nod to a certain government official. We thought we were being cute. And now I find myself longing for George Bush, wishing we could have had George Bush <laughs> back in the White House and remembering him fondly. So I sort of regret making fun of that moment. It did make us all laugh in the writer's room at the time, allowing Peyton to be the person who whispered in his ear, re- recreating that moment. Yeah, I thought it was great. Because mm-hmm. it's saying... It's it's given a lot of gravitas to this to Discovery Day. Yeah, it's saying this is huge. This is changing the country. Yeah, I mean, uh, what what uh, what was your reaction to this stuff? I mean, holy crap! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. Just uh, yeah, like, I just oh think my that God. It, it it added to the uh, the, the the heft. The weight of the situation, it, it, you know, just like how, yes, September 11th happened in New York City, but if it affected the the whole world, right. and, uh, it affected the whole country. So, I have another quote from Rod Thomas talking about this, like the implications of all this in general. He says, um, and this is from ComicBook.com. Uh, he says, it's hard to underestimate what Chase Graves' video announcement would have meant to the world. It would have been the news story of the year in every language, everywhere in the world. It would have stopped people. Everyone would have known where they were when they heard that zombies are real and they're holding a major city hostage for our brains. You would remember where you were when you heard that. And it's so earth shattering in that way. And it would be such a crazy world to live in because it's not like they have the bomb. It's like they have 10,000 bombs and they're not the Mm -hmm. bomb because the bomb would wipe out a city and stop. Any one of these 10,000 would cause the world to end, (laughs) which is like, oh, my God, it really is. This show, this show is blown right up. Holy cow. Yeah, and as I was watching it, I was thinking, the entire show is about keeping the zombie virus, say it, protecting, the, protecting civilization from this zombie virus. Yeah. That's what this show, that's what our characters do. Yes, they're trying to, uh, to cure Liv, but they're trying to keep this contained, and... In this finale, it's it's all it's all it's all changed. It's this dark. whole show has completely changed. It's so dark. Yeah. It's like the, it's like like you said, if that was the mission that they had, they failed. <laughs> they failed. That's true. The, you know, so they're gonna have to scramble here. Um, all right, let's finish out the episode. We have Liv accusing Chase of being behind this, and Chase says it wasn't him. 
that started this and uh, he just, you know, they were now stuck in a position and look, he saved everybody from the flu. And he says, he hopes that they all can get along. And, and he notes that he likes her new look and says that he's glad she could get on board. And so triumphantly, I would say in the next scene, uh, in the morgue out steps Livmore as we're used to her. And, She's got this like all black outfit and it's really bringing out the pale skin and the white hair. Yeah. It's just kind of like a, a raised middle finger to film more graves, <laughs> you know? Um, and- yeah. Cause I was wondering like, is, is the Rose disguise going to be her new look? Is this going to be nope. forever? Nope. No. And uh, there's no reason to hide anymore. Speaking of raised middle finger, she says that she was flipped off by people leaving town. Um, and so Ravi has this yellow sugar cube and he says it's a vaccine against zombieism. He, he, it, it worked <laughs> or at least he hopes it works. Um, he's not sure yet. And he pops it into his mouth and, um, um, Liv is like, how are you going to know that you're vaccinated from zombieism? And Ravi is just like, well, <laughs> and, uh, Liv tells him to ask Major and Ravi says he wants it to be her. And so, oh my God, it gets like very misty <laughs> as, uh, as this is happening because he, he brings us back. He, and apparently this was Dan Etheridge's idea to, to start talking about where they began. And obviously we've been podcasting about this show since then. So I was almost like, yeah, oh my gosh, we've been through so much together. Like as if the show has anything to do with us, it, it doesn't. Yeah. Just fans. <laughs> um, and uh, saying that, um, you know, talking about the morgue and how it all started and when he caught her eating brains in his office and how sad she was and, and look at her now. And um, uh, Liv kind of box at doing the scratch. And Ravi says he wants to leave the world a better place and wants to make billions too and drop cash from his <laughs> helicopter. This is Chakra Party on the side. <laughs> so cute. And then they tell each other that they love each other. Yeah, that was great. Um, And I love it. Um, uh, Rose and Raul actually, as the scene is happening, um, tweet that tweet to each other that they love each other. Like, (laughs) right, right when it was. And Raul actually says, you're the best scene partner I've ever had, but I haven't worked with Tom Hardy yet. (laughs) (laughs) And Rob Thomas noted for the scene that, you know, there's something deep between Liv and Ravi and they just wanted it to be, he just wanted it to be said out loud for once, you know? And I don't think we're supposed to really be like, oh my gosh, Rev, hashtag ravioli, they're getting together. I think it's more like these guys are just like best friends. Yeah. Cause they've this been there so huge. much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, she asks again if he's sure and he is and she scratches him and we fade to black. And then we hear Ravi moaning like a zombie and Liv telling him not to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, wow, that was the season finale. It only took us over an hour to talk about it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now I think we're going to break down. I have I have some teases about uh, season four that Rob Thomas has mentioned in his interview. So um, if you guys are OK with that, I'll go ahead and read off these. Sounds good. Sure. Okay. 
Uh, first off, he's excited for season four, obviously. And he thought they'd be at this point, you know, in the story about 60 episodes in and not 45, but you know, shorter seasons make the story have to progress a lot faster. So sometimes it feels like you're <laughs> white knuckling it through the this, this story. It's for a reason. They have 13 episodes a season and not 22. Um, he says that Seattle is basically a nuclear power. The U S is going to wall them off. Um, 10,000 zombies. Um, he says, if any, if any of them wander out and scratch a human that could cause the apocalypse. And he says, you know, obviously political overtones are happening as they're discussing this, the refugee crisis. He says, if you think no one wants Syrians, no one wants zombies. (laughs) Mm. Um, and he says that politicians are going to want to nuke Seattle, but, um, there's still a half a million innocent humans living there. And, uh, I should actually stop here and let our listeners know that these, these interviews are kind of spoilery, but this is all like officially released and in interviews. So I'm, I'm assuming Rob Thomas wants it out there. So if you're really sensitive, like, I don't want to know anything about season four, maybe skip, skip ahead a few minutes. All right. So, um, there are some details though. He, he, he drops here. He says that, um, he wants to start season four with like, like kind of like a, a give us your brains commercial nationwide commercial, uh, from Fillmore Graves. And he says he wants a celebrity cameo to, uh, be the voiceover. And, uh, they asked him, uh, who he wants. And he says his dream is Laura Linney, Laura Linney to be reading this. Mm. (laughs) Um, we're going to open up on a montage about how the whole brain system works, starting with a guy dying, showing the brain being harvested, showing it going into a shipping container, showing it going to Seattle and going to a zombie who has a brain card and then being consumed. And he says, I think it's important that the audience knows how it's, how it's good, how it's supposed to work. Uh, so get your brain cards, uh, girls. <laughs> Uh, he says that Clive and Liv are going to be solving human murders while Fillmore Graves are going to have their own detectives working on zombie murders and Seattle PD is going to be very, it's going to be the same, but kind of different because now he's good. They're going to have a zombie working with every detective. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh, oh, it's like alien. What, did, what alien was the Nation? movie? Alien Nation. Yeah. that. He says everything will have a slightly different flavor, but the structure will feel very similar. Uh, some more details. Chase is going to be trying his best to keep the trains running on time, but crime is going to go up. Um, he says that they're going to be dealing with the sick and elderly flocking to Seattle, um, but Chase having to put a stop to people being scratched because there's not enough brains to go around and that there's going to be like an underground railroad bringing people into Seattle to be scratched to be, you know, because obviously oh, all sickness is cured. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of them might be scratched and turned into zombies, um, and some of them might be murdered. And uh, that's when we we uh, talk about Blaine. <laughs> uh, he said that Blaine is going to be like Rick from Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> and that, um, you know, he's he's got the scratching post, but he's also going to run a cemetery to table restaurant called Romero's. Oh, wow. And that he's going to be like a pig and slop raking it in uh, with this restaurant as well as running like a black market. So it's going to be crazy. Holy cow. Um, Tan and die will be what Fillmore Graves urges zombies to do. So they blend in and uh, live will not. 
Um, and about, uh, he said that it's not just live about one in every 20 zombies in Seattle will not, um, participate in that. And that live is going to make a name for herself as, as a result. And, you know, it's funny because I've, I immediately thought about the, uh, the promo art that came out, um, before the season began that said zombies unite and had like live in the like Che Guevara, um, costume. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Wow, that would have been an actually an awesome promo for season four because it makes more mm-hmm. sense. I don't know. Um, he says that Ravi is not dead. You'll find out in the premiere what happened to him. The results will be fun, and uh, he's pretty excited about it. So, oh, wow. <laughs> Clive and Basio will not go in the same direction as Liv and Major. He won't say if it's a better or worse place. He says we're going to slow play it, feel it out, see how it feels. Um. There's going to be some political divide between Liv and Major. So they're going to have some issues, but they're still going to get along. They're just going to have different ways of... I don't know what that's like, you know? (laughs) (laughs) If you've ever been to a family dinner. Um, Also, uh, Peyton is the chief of staff, but since many of these prosecutors fled the city, she might have to help out in some cases involving the integration between zombies and humans. And Rob said, for example, like parents not wanting zombies in schools or sharing restrooms. Oh, so, yeah, that, that's interesting. Some, uh, yeah. And the last thing I have here, he says, Rob definitely knows where those 17 cure syringes are. Mm. <laughs> so that's it for, the season four for preview. We should roll right into feedback because holy cow, we're running long. What is this bizarre segue that's happening right now? Can we maybe stay on point? All right, let's get into our feedback section. Our first is actually a voicemail from Jeff. Hello, Robin and Steph. This is Jeff, X-Force 11, leaving my feedback for season three season finale. Man, what an episode. I absolutely loved it. I love the fact that we're getting a whole new world for season four. I like the twist and the turns, and it felt like that they had laid things out all season, and we finally got to see a lot of the answers. We didn't get to see all of them, and maybe they'll bring that back to us in season four, but I'm not sure. Um, the one thing that we really didn't get a clear answer, unless we I missed it, was who stole the vaccine. And I'm <laughs> betting it was Carrie Gold. Um, she wanted it stolen so that nobody would have a cure so that this plan B of theirs could go about. But I love the fact that detectives work that's going to have to go on of trying to figure out who's zombies, who's not, and who gets what division gets that, that case um, that will happen next year. But I really like the fact that uh, Mr. Graves there seemed like he was in on things and then we get a twist we don't know what to think about him and then we get another twist I don't know that we can completely trust him but I'm interested to see how it goes going forward and man can Clyde not catch a break in his love life it just seems like the guy he and Ravi should just start a club for guys who have tr- 
trouble in love, but um, I like where it's going. I'm interested to see where season four will take us, and I'm so grateful to y'all for doing the podcast. It's been a great season of hearing y'all cover it and the interviews that you've gotten us. I just really want to thank you as somebody who's been looking for an iZombie podcast and now found y'all. I'm just so happy that I had y'all this season, and I'm looking forward to more next season. Thanks, X-Force 11 out. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. Um, Now I have a whole new world stuck in my head. Um, (laughs) Also, uh, we're going to pretty much guarantee that uh, Patrice and Tatum have those syringes, right? I mean... You guys want to go ahead and say that, or? <laughs> Pardon? Did you guys break into Ravi's office and steal those syringes? Oh, <laughs> I, hope I, I hope not. <laughs> Our next pe- bit of feedback is from Don. Uh, Don, I had to edit your email down a little bit, but uh, let me read you the parts that I have here. He says, "Great finale. I wish parts one and two would have been shown together. They pulled off the, yes. the Carrie Gold reveal so well." The actress was great, but what really sold it was those darn kids. <laughs> <laughs> those darn kids. Those meddling kids. Those shenanigans. <laughs> the meanness and pettiness of those two girls really helped sell the vi- villainy. Oh, boy. One thing that surprised me was them mentioning always being hungry. It also came up with Chase Graves and Blaine earlier. I guess the, quote, one brain keeps one zombie going for a month concept is a minimum that leaves the zombie somewhat hungry. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was interesting to hear. Like, you guys, the the teenagers especially are, are just hungry. They're growing teens. They need to eat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, give me my break, guy. Give me my feeling. Like, uh, I really hope I get a few inches taller. So yeah, brains. <laughs> <laughs> we just know that. Like Anusha always had to wear heels because I'm like five Ava, six. Ava's like five six, and I'm five four. Oh, okay. that's why I, I noticed that Ava was taller than Liv. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. At, at one point, I think they had to put somebody on a pedestal because i was just like i was i was very tall i mean i'm not complaining the weather up here is it's pretty nice (laughs) continuing on with don's email he says that simple scene with clive coloring basio's hair was damned well done i have to believe that she'll be back next year as a recurring at at the very least Good. I really liked her in season two, and I'm glad she's back. I also should mention that the scene where Clive revealed that Seattle had a zombie problem to Basio was also really well done. That conta- contaminated vaccine was pure evil. Someone should burn for that. However, I'm confused how deadly the Aleutian flu really is. The CDC lady said deadly, and yet 48 hours later, it seems to have uh, gone to being ignored. Um, I can answer that just basically... That she said that once you're infected, you you like die a slow death in 30 days. So they had plenty of time for Major to go around and scratch everybody. Um, Don also had some other questions about next season, but I think uh, some of the stuff I read from Rob Thomas's interviews helped with that. And he, so he finishes and just says, "See you next season, Don." Do you want me to read Efrex? Go ahead. Okay, hey guys, guess this cast is gonna be what about six hours long? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I have to be honest, for all that 
I enjoyed about this season, and for all that I love this show, I really thought that season four should be the final season. I like seeing a story come to a close, and I really don't see any way for the writers to extend the show concept much more without repeating themselves. Now you're making us cry! <laughs> hmm. With everything that they've done in these last episodes, though, the writers have given themselves a ton of more interesting stories to tell. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> widespread that before you thought that the season should but now you're yeah, like exactly yeah season four is going to be crazy um widespread knowledge of the existence of zombies means that we can see the reaction of people in different communities and countries with the uh, human zombie conflict playing out in dozens of different ways and this new world gives a lot of opportunity to have our heroes work in new situations oh, that being said that being said, I hope that the writers simply simplify things a bit next season. There are too many dangling plot threads and continuity errors for me to be completely happy with the overall season, and the limited number of episodes meant that too many storylines felt compressed or rushed. I'm sure everyone will be swooning over the closing Liv Ravi scene, but I was blown away by the shot of Clive helping Bozio dye her hair. What a beautiful moment, and I'm hoping there'll be the next conflicted romance story, all I live in Major in the first two seasons. Major has finally killed humans. This can't sit well with him, and I assume we'll see another Major spiraling storyline in the first part of next season. Mysteries left to solve. Who stole the cures? Who killed the D&D gamer? Is the Scratching Post really going to be a successful establishment in this new reality? Seems hard to imagine, although... I hope they keep serving blue juice choreographers' brains. <laughs> what's with the, what's the story with Natalie's benefactor and his goon? I don't know. And of course, the biggest mystery of them all: who sent the nasty tweets to Peyton? <laughs> <laughs> thanks for all your great work on the podcast and the interviews, Efrex. Thanks, Efrex, for the feedback. Uh, Tim says. Um... Uh, actually, I had edit his a bit because he sent a second email, so I put it all together. Uh, hey, Robin, Steph, and potential guests. Yeah. Uh, uh, wow. Seriously? Wow. Snippets? Okay. Uh, Clive and Bazio. I love the reunion, and the twist it took was heartbreaking. With Major now all morally gray now, uh, maybe Robin's prior theory of the good guy becoming the bad guy and the bad guy... The good guy may come true, just not via the amnesia plot. In the post-finale interview, Rob Thomas said, My trashy boy will be like Rick from Casablanca going forward. Uh, yeah, I can dig that. Damn, Johnny Frost, it was great to see a normally comedic actor come through. He was a real MVP when it came to getting the word out before Chase stormed in. I know Darren Norris is known for his voice acting slash comedy work, but I really dug his acting in his scenes. So I don't know if iZombie is a show I first fell in love with anymore. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but this is literally like a soft reboot into a spin-off with the same name. I'm on board for it. They've garnered my goodwill with, with these past three seasons, but I mean, damn. That's it for this week, guys. Other than those few thoughts, I'm speechless. Tim. Thanks, Tim. Uh, here's Daisy's feedback. Uh, okay, so I'm going to need some time to process everything that happened. Bravo, zombie riders. Seriously, it takes real guts to shake things up like, like they just did. I'm excited to see what season four has in store, but I do have some concerns moving forward. The riders have built a 
New world now. A whole new world. New world. <laughs> See ya. I never. Is that it? <laughs> Seattle will time. look very different. <laughs> Dude, I just embarrassed myself. <laughs> uh, Seattle will look very different. National and even international politics will come into play. It sounds fascinating to fun. And, it sounds fascinating and fun to explore, but. I also don't want to lose the charm of the characters we love. It will be a tough balancing act with only so much screen time. I'm sure the writers can pull it off, but I have uh, no doubt it will be challenging. There was a lot of love, but I'd like to highlight how much I appreciate their use of Johnny Frost throughout the episode, having him warn the city about the tainted vaccines felt right. He offered some nice levity in a rather heavy episode and when it was time for the big monologue he read it perfectly. It was so somber and held so much weight, particularly because it was in such contrast to the way he normally acts. Lastly, I have a couple of quick questions from this episode. Was Justin part of the disloyal faction in Fillmore Graves? Was he trying to get back at Chase? Did he know they were exposing people to the virus when he was patrolling the school? Did Major know? I want to we know as well. We ask same questions, yeah. too. Oh, what do you guys want to see next season? Uh, well... <laughs> hashtag keep Patrice alive. Hashtag keep Tatum alive. Get it trending because we want our zombie teens back on the show. Yeah, we do. <laughs> what do you want to see, Steph? Now that I've well, just, I want to uh, I want to see spinoff. I want to see high school zombie high school spinoff. Oh yeah, that's what I want to see. Zombie high. Oh yeah. Okay. You know what? Me and Steph are on the same page. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Steph, you're gonna be the director. Robin, well, I mean, I hope Bob. Yeah. Like, I want Bob to get his. Like, he get Bob Dearden. to be showrunner. Yeah, yeah, Bob Dearden, showrunner of <laughs> Zombie High. Yep, be awesome with our two. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome, man. I like the enthusiasm here. <laughs> and and you know, I was pitching this off mic, uh, so I'll just say it here. You know, uh, that uh, I thought it would be interesting if you know if Peyton does have to defend. Uh, some zombies in this uh, whole new world uh, that that uh, she has to uh, maybe help out uh, Patrice and Tatum because they were obviously uh, manipulated by Carrie Gold. I'm assuming. I'm assuming they're not really evil, right? <laughs> I mean, they're just. I don't know. I guess we'll have to keep watching the. Fun. Yeah, they're just children. Yeah, they're not like they're thirteen you know. year olds. Come on. Yeah. They're innocent, uh, I swear. Yeah. So uh, I say Peyton um, helps them out and gets them released. And then, um, like you guys were saying, uh, at Livesmore uh, on Twitter was pitching the fact that maybe Patrice and Tatum go work for Blaine. So that'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I want. Hashtag keep Patrice alive. Hashtag keep Tatum alive. Hashtag keep Patrice and Tatum alive. Woo! Get all those trending. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Facebook feedback. Oh, uh, you didn't want to read the PS? Oh. Daisy, she thanks us for hosting the podcast and says that we're awesome. Daisy, you're awesome. Oh. All right, Facebook, I just want to start off. We have feedback from not Anisha, but a random source that says, Keep Patrice alive and bring her back for season four. <laughs> Oh, 
whoever said that was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who it was. Maybe I'll send them some flowers or something. Yeah. Uh, Nikki says, I have mixed feelings about this. It's like our little show is growing up and leaving home. Yeah, Nikki, I know what you mean. But it does seem like a fertile turn for storytelling. We will see. Marissa says, the episode took a while to build up, but that was one hell of an ending. I was disappointed, but not surprised that even though Chase didn't initiate Plan B, that he followed through on it. And poor Dale, she returns and finds out the truth about zombies and unwillingly becomes one on the same day. Silver lining, I guess that means she's staying in Seattle. Season 4 is going to be very interesting with all the different human and zombie factions. Potential storyline for Season 4. Fillmore Graves gets sued by Aleutian flu victims turned zombies and or some of the vaccine recipients. Not everyone wants to live forever and eat brains. Remember Major in Season 1? He said he wished Liv had let him die when he found out that she'd scratched him to save his life. I'm sure he's not the only person to feel that way. Good suggestion, Marissa. Viv says, no feedback beyond the simple. I love this. I can't cuss. You have to cuss. With children. There's children on the podcast. (laughs) Children? I'm a teenager. Wow, Steph. I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay, Viv says, no feedback beyond the simple. I love this GD show so much. (laughs) This was brilliant. This was a brilliant, brilliant episode filled with oh, crap moments. (laughs) Although she didn't say crap. Dave says, well, they said it was going to be big, but they weren't wrong. The vaccination cover was a great ploy. We did not see anything further about Angus or Mr. Boss, though. Season four is going to be drastically different. No more need for Liv to hide who she is. Can we bring her back her family, please? I'm curious to see if the government is going to sit back and do nothing or fight back. Pete says, wow, I was not expecting that like any of it. I know they've been teasing D-Day all year, but I wasn't expecting it to be as uh, this big and widespread. I thought they'd somehow managed to avoid it. And the turns for Major Clavendale and now possibly Ravi. Man, that was a satisfying finale and probably my favorite one yet. Can't wait to hear you discuss it. Sean says tearjerker, especially for Ravi. Michael says, this was a great episode. I have a a bit of mixed feelings about the overall turn of the show, but I trust the showrunners to do good. This show, more than than any I recall seeing recently, has truly evolved and changed as it progresses. Only one short year until we find out what happens next. Oh, God. Yeah, don't remind me. Hiatus (laughs) time. And finally, we have Sagan. She says, Robin, Steph, and others, what a finale. More somber than usual, which was an interesting welcome change. I have a few small comments. I have a lot of small comments, but I'll try to be quick about it. And I will try to read them quickly. The opening scene was perfect. Justin's reaction to Liv just straight up telling him what happened was perfect. The choreographer brain had me grinning from ear to ear for that scene. I love Donnie's reaction to Tanner being taken. Blaine and Chase's interaction with Chase's alpha dog couldn't go any other way. Mm. Major a zombie again. Hopefully that means that Liv and Major romance uh, picks up where they left off. I would be so happy. Chase's house seems really nice. Jason Doring was full on Logan Eccles for the scene in his house. Yeah, Uh I agree. His detective skills are also on point. Goodbye, Carrie Gold. Johnny Frost going into the back. (laughs) Bye, Mom. Johnny Frost going into the vaccinations. You could spot that a mile away. His sigh of relief after he was done made me laugh out loud. Patrice! I can't believe all the scenes with her and Tatum. Amazing. Total badass. 
Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> we got some open mouth smileys at the high school scene. My mouth is literally on the table and uh, open mouth smiley, open mouth smiley, open mouth smiley, open smiley. At Justin <laughs> calling the girls to come after Liv when he caught her in the hallway. Somebody is mad with good reason. And this may be the end of just Liv and Justin. <laughs> I don't know. You think? <laughs> Absolutely swooned when Chase said that flirty compliment. Have I told you lately how much I like your new look? Finally, Ravi. Oh, Ravi. His lines were perfect this episode. Mostly short and sweet, and always delivered perfectly. The final moments with him in the morgue with Liv were so sweet, and I almost started biting my nails from the stress. I want it to be you is the sweetest thing he could say to Liv after all they've been through. Can't wait for the podcast to get a little bit more in-depth. Until next season, teary-eyed, smiley face. Aww. <laughs> Oh, wow. So whew. let's, uh, let's uh, wrap this up. Thank you, everybody, for the feedback. That was awesome. Hope we got all of it there. See, um, I do want to say next time on iZombie, well, there's not going to be a next time. We've got to wait till season four. But if you know the podcast, you know that every once in a while I do a music of season episode. So uh, stay subscribed and I'll get a music of season three episode out to you. Um, maybe a you know, special episode here and there. We did a rewatch between um, season two and season three. That is not happening <laughs> between these two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll talk Steph into doing a rewatch of three and four after four ends. We'll see. Um, but if you want to catch us in the meantime, we're going to be on our other podcast and it's called We Don't Want to Wait. And that is a binge cast for all sorts of shows. We've done... We started with Dawson's Creek. We, we've we done popular Hellcats with Ali Machaca. We did um, uh, 13 Reasons Why, like all of the episodes in one podcast. Uh, and we just are wrapping up My So-Called Life. And next, we're going to be uh, talking about Smallville. So uh, if you want to hear about one of my favorite shows and me making stuff, watch it. Um, check out We Don't Want to Wait. And also, we have an intro cast about Angel, the spinoff of Buffy. Uh, that's called Redemption Cast. That's uh, you check that out as well. Um, but um, I just want us to thank the the cast and crew for supporting the podcast. I want to thank Anisha Chima and Ava Fry for popping by our show. Thank you so much for the oh, support. Thanks for thank you so much. I mean, I just want to say, like, this is the best podcast ever. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having us. Uh, It's been been super fun hanging out and talking to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool because, like, we have supporters, and it's great that we can connect through a podcast Mm -hmm. and talk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We totally support you. Hashtag keep Tatum alive. Hashtag keep Patrice alive. Uh, Oh, and uh, I have a ship name, by the way. It's called Paytum. (laughs) Paytum, huh? Oh, yeah. Hashtag (laughs) Paytum. Hashtag for the true fans, you know? Called girl power. <laughs> Not hashtag Tatrice. <laughs> Tatrice. <laughs> it was a little too wordy. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, we, we pondered <laughs> it. We settled on Paytum. I tried to get hashtag Charles Crabarty going for the longest time, <laughs> and nobody would take it. So don't go to me for your hashtags because I'm messing up every time. <laughs> hashtag Paytum. Thank you guys both for coming back uh, and talking about the finale with us. Really appreciated it. Oh, no, no problem. Thank you. Our pleasure.
Um, and I want to thank all the iZombie fans out there for tuning into our podcast. Really, you guys are awesome. I mean, I put a Facebook post up on our discussion group just asking, like, where you've heard us and where you're from. And, gosh, we got people uh, listening all around the globe. And we got and, – and it's just amazing to hear that, like, iZombie is watched, like, internationally, like, all over the place. So um, It's quite popular in Turkey, believe it or not. Cool. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Before we go, uh, we think it's about time that you two join us. Join you where? <laughs> um, Robin, I've got a bad feeling about this. Come on, you two. Why podcast about us when you can be one of us? You mean... We like you two. That's why we're turning you both into zombies. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure I want to eat human brains. That's kind of gross. Well, we could always just eat your brains. Mm-hmm. Oh, sign me oh, up. Yeah, yeah, here's my arm. <laughs> Ow! Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Team Z, guys. Brain appetite. You're looking pale already, Robin. Yeah, and has that white streak in your hair always been there? Don't be a dick. Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for iZombie Podcast, all one word. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin as well at El Robinero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, friend of the show Cheyenne contributes with photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at iZombieLove. Check out our other podcast. You can listen to us binge cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes. You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff Angel with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies! Zombies!